Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. It's been said that the best line of defense is a good offense, and one valuable team member is a contract manufacturer. Brands use contract manufacturers to help with everything from ingredient sourcing to analytical lab testing to quality control. Here to talk about things to look for in a quality contract manufacturer is Dr. Michael Hartman, Plexus Worldwide Vice President of Research and Development. Welcome to the NutraCast, Michael. Thanks so much, Danielle. Excited to be here. And we're excited to have you. So before we get into everything, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background? I know you studied dietary supplements for close to 20 years now. That's correct. So really my, my initial entry into the field was through sports nutrition. So as an undergrad exercise physiology major, studying how nutrition can influence human performance was, was my first entry. Into grad school, though, I had the opportunity very early on to participate in some clinical uh, research looking at uh, dietary supplements. So at the time, creatine monohydrate was still fairly new. Uh, there wasn't a lot known about it. So this is in the early 2000s. Uh, looking at specifically creatine monohydrate and how it could affect kidney function, uh, glomerular filtration rate was my, my very first entry into studying uh, dietary supplements, how it can affect human health, human performance. And from there, kind of a, a long winding road that ultimately led me here to Plexus Worldwide, where I, where I lead the research and development team responsible for innovation, you know, updates, uh, looking at new products trying to uh, you know, identify where we can make some headway into in terms of competitive advantage for our ambassadors, renovation of existing products, updating our, our current products to make sure they're up to current standards. And then also the education piece, you know, being sure that our customers and our consumers understand what the products are, how they work, and how to best use the products for, for best results. Just thinking about all your different roles, which one would you say is the most challenging? Well, I'll say it like this. When people ask me, we have about 30 products, uh, give or take, and, and people always ask me, they say, what's, what's your favorite product? And I always like to say the next one. The innovation piece is what keeps me up at night in, in a great way. I have a really, really strong team that's always on trying to look at the cutting edge uh, to see what's new, what's, what's emerging in the research, trying to get ahead of things before, sometimes before they become you know, widely commercially acceptable or, or just recognized. And that's what's fun. That's exciting. That's what really keeps it keeps me up at night in, in the best way possible. So can you tell me about any ingredients that have recently kept you up at night? Yeah, I can't, I can't <laughs> say too much, but what I, I can say is that uh, at Plexus, we, we take the approach that we look at overall health, but it really starts at gut health. So we're very focused on the gut microbiome. Uh, that area of research is, is constantly emerging every, every week. There are new studies identifying uh, how certain dietary components can have an impact on, on the gut microbiota. Uh, you know, things that we've always have known the advantages of, uh, you know, daily uh, dietary fiber intake, you know, and little as new research this week actually showed that in little as two weeks, consumption of dietary fiber can start to have an impact on, on the microbiota. So that's just one example, trying to understand, you know, what is it that we currently know and are as an accepted dietary practice and how can we best take advantage of that, implement that into a dietary supplement, and ultimately make it something that, that customers want to, want to use and enjoy using on a regular basis? 
Mm -hmm. It's definitely a really fascinating field. One of my favorite personally, just looking back to when you first started about 20 years ago, was that even part of the conversation? The gut microbiome was not. If it was, I was not, I was not privy to that type of research. I think really just within you know the last maybe 10, 15 years, we started to really see more and more in that specific area. I, I think going back to you know 20 years, early 2000s, and I had the lens of, of sports nutrition. And I think just at that time, it was really starting to get into the timing of, of certain nutrients, the timing of nutrients around the workout or around the exercise session. That was something that was really coming to the forefront, uh, looking at specific ratios of protein and carbohydrate, uh, how to utilize that to, to maximize recovery. Those were the things that I think were, were most, uh, you know, most recognizable. And then over the last couple of decades, what I've seen is that the research and the understanding, the mechanisms, mechanisms of action have really gone from a whole systems approach to much more of a cellular, uh, molecular level approach. So understanding what works at the cellular level and then translating that out to the whole body or the whole system. And one thing that you mentioned as part of one of your roles is education. How do you convey that to the consumer who may not be privy to, you know, molecular aging and cellular aging and, and those sort of things? I try my best to make it as, as easy as possible to understand. And usually that involves breaking it down into to very small pieces just making sure everybody understands at a very basic level what it is we're trying to accomplish and then either expanding, either make, taking it deeper from there or expanding out. I, I typically use, you know, I try to use examples that I, that I think resonate with, with consumers. So, you know, trying to slip in an analogy here or there. One of the things that we've had really great success with at, at Plexus when we talk about uh, gut health and, and the gut microbiome is a, is a very simple analogy to gardening. So if you have a garden and you're outside and you're tending to the garden, uh, you have to weed, seed, and feed. So weed is, is you know, clearing out the old, uh, the old plant, the old overgrowth. Seeding is putting down the, the new plant seeds, or the new flower seeds, and then feeding that so that they grow. Uh, you can do the same thing with your gut. So weeding would be trying to eliminate or get rid of some of the, uh, you know, some of the, maybe the waste or some of the, the microbes that aren't really beneficial. Seeding would be putting things like probiotics into your gut, the beneficial bacteria that allow our, our, allow our guts to thrive. And then feeding would be the prebiotic approach. So prebiotics uh, ultimately are providing the substrate for the, the beneficial bacteria to grow and thrive. So that simple analogy of weed, seed, and feed, how you would tend to a garden can also relate back to our, to our gut health as well. One thing that you and I were talking about uh, before we started this NutraCast is Historically, establishing dosages of efficacy, you know, that's typically handled by the brand owner, but now contract manufacturers are playing a more collaborative and active role. Um, how has that changed over the years since your early days? I really feel like it's dependent on the internal resources of, of the brand. And, and we're seeing now, we're seeing a lot of new startup companies who are, who are able to go direct to consumer and, and really make headway into the market very, very quickly. And, and those companies may not have the internal resources from a, a formulation, product development, uh, a regulatory a quality standpoint. So they really rely heavily on the contract manufacturer to, to serve those functions, uh, whether it's strategic sourcing of ingredients, performing the, the quality assurance, identity testing of certain materials. 
So all of that is, is dependent upon the contract manufacturer because so many companies now are starting up and they just don't have the experience or the internal resources to do that. And if you compare that to some of the more established brands that have you know full R&D team or have a full regulatory and quality control, quality assurance, that typically is, is controlled more by the, the brand owner for the larger, more established companies. You know, at the end of the day, though, it's it's really about you know transparency and trust with the consumer. So, you know, in my experience, the more the brand owner has visibility in, into those processes, it's only going to lead to a better experience for the, the the customer and the consumer. You have to have strong partnerships with your with your contract manufacturers. But at the end of the day, it's your brand name on the product that the the consumer recognizes. So you have to do everything you can to make sure that the product is as good as it says it is and everything that's that's supposed to be in there is and, and nothing that's not supposed to be isn't. How do you ensure product efficacy when you're using a contract manufacturer? And I'm curious, you know, you're a researcher. Do you ever bump heads with them? Uh, you know, not I wouldn't call it bumping heads, but sometimes there are some there's some discussions. It really comes down to the specifications. The firmer your specifications are, the more well-written your specifications are from a uh, deliverable standpoint, the less chance of any sort of disagreement is going to take place. So if your specifications call out, you know, certain ingredients at a certain dosage, at a certain overage, you know, at a percent of of an active, you know, that, that leaves very little wiggle room for the contract manufacturer. Now, there are certain things you have to give and take on. Uh, whether it's shelf life or stability, uh, because you have to rely on the contract manufacturer because they have that expertise. They, you know, they, they produce hundreds, if not thousands of, of similar types of products. So they have a good working knowledge and working experience of how certain ingredients may interact within the formula or within a certain delivery format. But I feel like the, the greater uh, emphasis you can place on specifications beforehand, it leaves for less disagreements down the road. What should brands keep in mind when they're trying to decide on a contract manufacturer to work with? And I think the two big things are the experience of that contract manufacturer specific to the delivery form that you're trying to produce. You know, some, some contract manufacturers have expertise in multiple deliveries, but occasionally you'll find ones that maybe specialize in powders, ready to mix powders. Others maybe specialize in capsules or, or hard pressed tablets. Uh, so identifying the actual experience and the really the expertise of that contract manufacturer early on is, is going to be important. And then the other thing is capacity. What is the capacity of that manufacturer in terms of volume? And depending on the size of the brand, you have to align with the right size contract manufacturer. So if you're a company that's doing you know, maybe 10,000 units a year, you know that's going to limit to what contract manufacturers you, you are going to want to work with. And conversely, if you're doing you know, millions of units per year, you need a, a contract manufacturer that has the ability to scale and produce at that large quantity. So the two things are really expertise and capacity. Identifying those two things early on, I think, leads, leads to a seamless partnership down the road. Okay. Those are good things to keep in mind. I know Plexus recently launched Plexus Immune Plus. What was the R&D process like for that? So with Immune Plus, it, it was almost uh, serendipitous that we started working on that idea. Uh, we have a stage gate process that begins with the discovery phase. And in the discovery phase, we're identifying, you know, maybe gaps within our own portfolio. We're looking at our brand architecture. 
we're looking at what, what else is out in the marketplace and, and seeing where we can uh, maybe make headway. And we started that process in late 2019 for an immune health product. We currently, did, we have products like we have a multivitamin, multi-mineral that has some immune health claims, structure function claims, but we did not have a specific immune health product. So in late 2019, we started that discovery process. And then as you well know, early 2020, that the emphasis on that type of product uh, picked up immensely. So mm -hmm. uh, we were prepared from a discovery standpoint to move through our stage gate into concept and, and commercialization. Early on, when we start the discovery phase, what we're trying to do is, again, try to align our, our company's needs and goals with that of the consumer. So we're trying to develop products that are, our consumers need that align with their individual health goals. So immunity and immune health, supporting immune health was something that we felt we could do effectively. When we identify certain ingredients, we always look for not only the mechanism of action of the specific ingredients, but looking through the body of research literature from a safety and efficacy standpoint, we have to marry that up with, with sourcing and being able to find adequate supplies of certain ingredients. And obviously throughout 2020, that became a little bit more of a challenge just with supply chain constraints globally. What we landed on, though, with the formula is, and I mentioned this previously, is that at Eclexus, we take this approach of overall health, starting with gut health. So we, we identified early on two specific mushroom extracts, turkey tail mushroom and a royal agaricus mushroom. And both of these mushroom extracts serve as prebiotics and that they have the ability to provide the nutrients or the substrate for beneficial bacteria in the gut. So that was really the foundation is we wanted to be able to support immune systems starting with the gut. We identified two mushroom extracts to do that. We then looked at some other botanical herbal materials, herbal ingredients that we could use that, that could really fill specific needs. You know, the, the benefits of anthocyanins and proanthocyanins to supporting immunity is pretty well established in the research. So we wanted to identify a novel source of anthocyanins. And, and specifically, we were looking at early on, we were looking at elderberry. And elderberry is something that's becoming much more commercially acceptable. The challenge, though, for us working in a direct sales channel is we want to have a, a unique spin on our ingredients and on our products. And for our consumers who maybe can go down to the corner store and buy elderberry, we wanted to do something a little bit different. So we know that with elderberry, the, the anthocyanin content and largely a specific anthocyanin, uh, cyanidine-3-glucoside, is what drives the, the benefits of that ingredient. So we identified an alternative source of cyanidine-3-glucoside, and that was a black rice extract. So we utilize black rice extract for its anthocyanin content. We layer that in with the mushroom extracts, a couple other herbal botanical ingredients, and then we really round out the formula with 100% of the DB of vitamin C, uh, not only is vitamin C recognized for its, its immune supporting benefits, but it also allows us to make an antioxidant claim because of the, the benefits of that ingredient. I was going to ask, what's your strategy for standing out in such a crowded category? But it sounds like you really were careful about the ingredients that you selected and making sure that those stood out on their own and, and were backed by clinical science. Exactly. Uh, trying to marry those two things up, the efficacy of the ingredients, but also really telling the, the story. And for Immune Plus, you know, we, we tell the story of priming your immune system, supporting your immune system, and then maintaining your immune system. And the combinations of those ingredients really work well to accomplish that goal. I know a lot of us are talking about 
you know, supporting and boosting our immune system right now. But a lot of us have children and are curious, what are some of the ways that we can help our children boost their immune systems? Are their immune systems different than adults? You know, that's a great question. And, and as, a, as a father of three, um, it's something that's always a topic of discussion in our house as well. They are different in the sense that they are not fully mature. And really, there was some really great research that was published just this week that showed that, that children's gut microbiome you know, and the immune system is a large part of that, matures at, at a different rate for different individuals. And I think you have to kind of look at the biological age or the chronological age of the child versus the biological age and knowing that physiology sometimes differs for, for different individuals. So they are slightly different in that they may not be fully mature. And what I found with, with children and, and even using my own children as an example is I think the most important thing is is really trying to fill any nutrient gaps that may be existing from the diet. You know, children are, are notoriously picky eaters. They don't always have the, the best variety or diversity of food. They tend to eat the same things because they like it. And with that, you can maybe leave yourself open to having a gap in a certain a nutrient. So starting with something as simple as a multivitamin to help fill the nutrient gaps is a great thing for, for children and their immune system. And then obviously, if they are in preschool or daycare or, or you know, through elementary school up, up through high school, uh, making sure they understand the, the importance of self-care, washing your hands, keeping your hands away from your face, thing, things like that also go a long way. But I, I really feel for children, like it starts at, at, at filling any nutrient gaps that may be existing from their diet and something as simple as a multivitamin can do that. Okay. It's funny you mentioned that study. Um, I just wrote about it, the one that was published in the journal Cell Host and Microbe. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be sure to check out Nutri Ingredients uh, later today. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, what it comes down to is children's gut microbiota mature along similar trajectories, but at different speeds. So, you know, every microbiome is different and every child's microbiome is different. So we have to take personalized approach. Absolutely. And it's, and with kids, it's never, uh, it's simple. We know what we need to do, but sometimes it's not easy. The, the thing is when, when you have, you know, you have these products and, you know, if it's a multivitamin, it's a chewable multivitamin or gummies now are so popular, you really have to look at the, the benefits of the nutrient, but making sure it's in a format that children enjoy taking. And I think now that the marketplace has lots and lots of great options for, for kids, that makes it a little bit easier. Uh, they're no longer trying to choke down or, you know, a heavy, chalky, chewable. Again, there's great tasting chewable tablets, there's gummies, there's different delivery formats that hopefully make it a little bit easier. We've come a long way, I'll say, since at least when I had to take those chalky vitamins as a child. And speaking of children, you know, spring break is approaching. The vaccine is here. So is the demand. Um, a lot of people are heading out on spring break. What do these factors mean for the category, if anything? Specific to immune health, I really feel like what we're going to see is that there's a lot of pent up just excitement for people to kind of get back to normal life and travel. And I'm one of those people that, you know, I'm, I'm actually excited to get back to a trade show and I'm excited to get out and walk the floor and, and do the things that I haven't done in so long. And I feel like there's now greater awareness on immune health and is supporting, supporting immune health. So even with the vaccine, I feel like there's still going to be strong demand because now people are going to be back doing the things that they were doing normally. They're going to be traveling. 
on airplanes. They're going to be staying in hotels. They're going to be going to the large gatherings. So the emphasis on supporting your, your innate immune system, I feel like it's still going to stay at the forefront. With the vaccine, there, there may be some decline in terms of how popular it was, but I really feel like this category is, is going to be here to stay for a very long time. There's also now greater awareness on the, the role of overall health and wellness and how that can impact your health. So I feel like there's going to be greater emphasis on just doing things to support your overall health in addition to the immune supporting supplements. So people, I think, are going to be making better food choices. They're going to be more you know, apt to go out for exercise and physical activity. Hopefully they're managing stress and getting better quality night of sleep to support their overall health. And the, the great thing about dietary supplements is that they can actually have a benefit to all four of those categories. So supplements can help support uh, your diet by filling any nutrient gaps. Supplements can help support physical activity and exercise by you know, allowing you to recover faster or getting some extra energy uh, prior to the workout. Supplements can obviously help your body deal with stress. Supplements can help with sleep. So I definitely see the role for, for supplements in supporting overall wellness even if it's outside of the traditional immune health category. I think as an industry, I think there's going to be supplements at the forefront for, for years and years to come. I agree. I, I don't think the category is going anywhere. I think it's just going to get stronger. Before I let you go, what's next for Plexus? Is there anything that you are working on, any projects or things that you can tell us about? We are always working on something new. And, and I mentioned earlier, my, you know, my favorite product is the next product. That's the one that we're working on. I uh, can't give away any secrets, but I, I can say that there are certain things that we're looking at that are really going to benefit people as we come out of this time period. There's, I really feel like there's going to be some renewed interest on weight management. The research is, is starting to show that, uh, at least in the United States, there's been a significant portion of the population that have gained weight over the last year whether it be due to, to lockdown restrictions or, or maybe gyms being closed. So I think there's going to be some emphasis on weight management as a category line. And then also with that, this idea of active nutrition, uh, maybe outside of, of what we have always previously thought of as sports nutrition for people that are exercising, that are just getting outside and getting some physical activity, there's going to be a need for them as well. The other thing maybe that the, the pandemic brought to the forefront was this idea of convenience so I think ready to, the ready to drink, the ready to eat category is, is really going to explode over the next year. I think people see the advantages of that, of that category. So these are all things that we're very aware of and are working towards. Can you drop any hints on when your next product might be coming out? Uh, this summer, we have in the direct sales, it's, it, the direct sales space, it's very common to have an annual convention. This year, we're going to have a virtual convention where our ambassadors, our brand ambassadors and customers can tune in online. If they're tuning into our event, they'll, they'll be excited at what we're launching this summer. Okay, so we will have to tune in and uh, keep an eye on that. Dr. Michael Hartman, Vice President of Research and Development at Plexus Worldwide. Thank you so much for joining us here on the NutriCast. You're very welcome, Danielle. Thank you very much for having me. If you like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutraIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutra-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutraCast next week.